0: Good morning, afternoon, evening, nighttime, whatever it is, welcome to the live thing. Um, to the university members, the members over on the channel. So you don't get confused, I stream to both channels, the unscripted channel and the main channel. There was some confusion over that. Anyway, viewers, subscribers, members, thank you for joining us. I am pleased and honored to have my friend, Curtis Judd on today, and without further blah, 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 let's bring him in. Boom, baby! Hey, how are you doing, Kev Kev? I'm doing
1: good, how are you? Good. So, Every, yeah. Go ahead. Everybody needs a hip-hop name. I'm going to christen you Kev Kev, if that's okay. <laughs> Just, <laughs> woo! Kev Kev.
0: <laughs> Yo. Hey. So, uh, you ready for this? Because I got a feeling we're gonna have some questions. Happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm super excited. Let's let's talk sound. Let's talk sound and audio. I'm gonna look over here at the uh, chatteries at whoa. This guy, Outback Outlaw, he's really cool. He lives in Australia, which means it's like
1: it's pretty late. <laughs> it's one two something <laughs> like that.
0: Hey. Uh, Here's a message from Twitter. Let's just
1: start here. Wait, before we start into this, you want to say anything? Hi, good morning, uh, or good afternoon or evening, depending on where you're at. Um, it's, good to, it's good to be here. Thank you so much, Kevin, for having me over. And, and I, I hope I can learn something from you. I always do, so I'm pretty sure I will. <laughs> Again today. Why are you laughing at that?
0: <laughs> hey. This guy? Oops. This guy? <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how much I learned to him about audio and sound. I have this and the mix pre-3 and the settings and the this and the that and the blah, blah, blah. If it weren't for out him and his courses and his helpful advice, I think I'd still be sounding something like this. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> anyway, uh, I got a question here from the Twits from Video Joe, he couldn't make it, he has to work. And I'm like, great. Video Joe, uh, what is Curtis's opinion of Zoom H8 and has it
1: changed over the last year? It's changed over the last year. Um, so the Zoom H8, for those not familiar, this guy right here um so this is zoom's biggest uh recorder in their handy line and this was released back in 2020 so um six xlr inputs natively plus the um built-in xy microphones here the stereo mics touchscreen. um v- a controversial appearance uh people made a lot of fun of this but uh, the, you know Functionally, I think it's pretty decent, but in any case, has my opinion changed? No, I think it's a fine it's a fine recorder. It's not the form factor I like to use for video and film production, but I think for some people, they're fine with it. I know, Kevin, you used the H6 for a long time. That's um, right. Yeah, and you, you loved it, right? I mean, you got great results. I think what's gonna matter on this, and you were using a Rode NTG3 for your main microphone. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. The, with the handy recorders, the one thing, and this is not a change in opinion, this has been my experience generally, is that, um, you know, it's sort of a, it's hard to, there's kind of a spectrum from consumer grade to pro grade, and I would say this is in the prosumer, maybe the lower end of the prosumer grade, I, I'm not sure how to characterize it exactly, but it's preamps. Um, they've gotten better. Um, if you have a good, strong microphone that with a with a good output level, like the NTG3, you're going to get great results. If you're going to if you're using a microphone that has a not so strong output level, um, not that a lot of people buy these anymore, but the, like for example the Rode NTG2, some of the Asden, the early Asden mics, that's when you start to struggle because you basically have to push the preamps really hard on the handy recorder to get them up into a usable level, and then you know that that's kind of the the less optimal part of the range on these handy recorders and so it wasn't you got a good bit of self noise and it's kind of frustrating to work with so yes i think it's a fine recorder i think it can get somebody great results but i think you're also going to need to invest in a good microphone to go with it is that a fair way to put it kevin
0: yes um the like you said the h6 used it for years it's great it worked I use the NTG3 Mm -hmm. because I like it. It's not because it's the best mic or the worst mic,
1: but I like it. Yeah.
0: Um, The H8, I have no idea. That's why we're asking you with the brain (laughs) is the question. Well,
1: it's kind of like an updated H6 with two more inputs and a touchscreen is basically what it is. Ah. Yeah. Hmm. So if you want to buy it. And, And UI that's a little different. It has three different kind of modes you can go in. I think there's a podcast. What are the three modes? Again, there's a music mode, there's a field recording mode, and there's a, I believe, a podcast mode. So it's kind of, you know, makes it a little easier if you're doing one of those in particular. Um, they're, They're trying to make it easier to use that way. So, wow.
0: Hey, if you're just starting out, you can do like I did and buy that little H1, bleed it for everything, or buy the Zoom H4n, cool, or the H6, or the H8, or the whatever, 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 mm-hmm. and build yourself up. Or you can just drop all the money on the toys like the Mix Pre 3, like I did. Actually, I bought two like a dummy. And uh, Curtis made me. I <laughs> he said, If you don't do that, I'm going to beat you
1: into the ground. I said, Yes, sir. And no, we can't God. be friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is not how the conversation went at all. Of course In not. In fact, it was more like, hey, I'm thinking of getting a mix, we were at NAB, I'm thinking of getting a mix pre. I said, oh, that's great. You should go talk to the, to the um, sound devices guys. And so Kevin went off and went talked to, to Paul Isaacs, most likely at sound devices, and he comes back, I'm getting two of them. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> that's how the conversation actually went. That's totally true. Speaking of the mix pre three, hey, look at here. Oh.
0: This is Trevor Bagwell. We have this joke. He used to, you know how when you delete a comment or someone puts a comment up and they go, oops, I didn't want to say that, message retracted? Yeah, yeah. Well, he would type in just message retracted in my live streams. And I was like, I wonder what he said. (laughs) Now, there's the joke. Okay, Todd Worley. Any guesses as to whether sound devices will update the mix pre series this fall?
1: Hmm. Hmm. I don't have any ideas. They're they're very secretive. Um, if they do tell me anything ahead of time, it's usually just a, a week or two at the most, and it's under NDA, so I would be under embargo. I couldn't say anything about it. Um, but I, I don't know. If they do, I'm very curious to know what it is they would change on it, because hardware-wise, it's in a pretty good spot for several years to come, from what I can tell. Um, I just don't know what they would add to it, really. Um, that they couldn't do it just in a firmware update for the existing, you know, Series 2 versions. So, not that I know, Todd. It'd be interesting. If they do, I'll be... I guess I was pretty surprised when they did the Series 2, um, but I don't... There's nothing obvious in my mind that they would do for a Series 3 right now. So... And I think they've been focusing a lot more on the... Um, their kind of pro-level series for now. So, the 888... Scorpio and eight thirty three and kind of all the stuff that goes around that. So it'll be interesting to see what what comes next from Sound Devices.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I have the Mix Pre three. I don't have the Mix Pre three two series. And is it working oh, for you, Kevin? Oh yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I hate to be like, whoo, whoo, whoo. I love this thing, man. <laughs> Yeah. I, I just love it. The you know, I have one set up in the
1: Man. <laughs> it's weird when, it's weird when you have uh see I, I couldn't even point to you there now I can point to you. It's always backwards. Sorry. I know. <laughs> no. Um in the
0: studio I have the mixed prethie set up on a boom arm on a C stand coming over me with the N T G three. I don't touch mm-hmm. it. Yep. And then over here, of course, um going into the mix pre three here i love it man i go in i turn the recorder on format the card get the camera going start bring the audio over here i might add a little compression to it and i go i don't have to mess with it i love it
1: yeah that's and that's a beautiful thing about having gear at that level is it i mean you can do the same thing honestly with a with an H eight or or whatever you're recording. But I think processes that you build up over time, kind of these habits, make things a lot smoother if you're trying to produce consistently. So yeah. I think there's definitely some value there. And and one of the things too is that um something like the Mix Pre three or the Mix Pre series with those inbuilt limiters, the beautiful thing about that is that even if you, you have the gain set, and I, I think you've probably dialed it in really well, Kevin, but the thing is, is what if you get super excited in one particular thing that you say? Those limiters are going to make it so you don't have to go back and do a, a retake, whereas with something that has either digital limiters or no limiters, you may clip. And so then you'll have to make a judgment call. Okay, do I go back and reshoot that, redo that take, or do I... Um, you know, Or am I gonna try and fix it in post and spend that time doing that? And you know, maybe that can be, if it's just one little thing, that can be a valid approach too, but it's about saving time and, and making things easy so you can focus on the things that matter.
0: Well, and as you know, it's a development process. I bought yeah. and I bought and I bought and I upped. I mean, I took the H1. I mean, when I started, I went, I'm gonna use a T3i yeah. You know, it's weird. Now people are like, what's a T3i? <laughs> um, just a simple DSLR shooting mm-hmm. 1080 in H1. And for me, I went, before I invest in gear, I'm going to bleed everything out of this little H1. Mm-hmm. How do I get sound? How do I edit? How do I compress sound? How do I... Like all that stuff And moved up. Totally legit, as Curtis and I always say. But I think there is some... Legitimacy to just going. Hey, I got some cash. I'm dropping it. I don't have to worry about it.
1: Yeah, in fact, um here, Brian in the chat here, Brian Baron, this second to last item in the chat there right now, he talks about always having to process his h five for noise. That's I mean, there's another thing too. So it's another thing in post that you have to do depending on your environment you know I think that's going to be the case for some environments more than others but um, yeah it's just a it's it, there there I think both approaches are valid starting with something like an h1 is a good idea because you get a very good sense for how to squeeze the most out of that thing and you will learn very quickly okay these are the problems I have with this if I could I, I'd like to solve that problem and that's where an upgrade may make sense from there. And there's that there is that process that's the same thing bandrew from podcastage talks about a lot as well that we had in some of our conversations was he said it's perfectly fine to start with the more affordable gear because you're learning there's so much to learn about how to gain stage how to position microphones and in fact i find myself keep i keep kind of sneaking up on this microphone probably a little bit more than i need to um but uh, but just that learning process is really, really valuable. And then having a very clear concept in your mind of, okay, these are the practical issues that I have or problems that I would like to solve by upgrading. And then you can make a very good educated decision at that point about whether or not it makes sense for you to drop that money. Now, there are others that have probably more money than time, depending on where in your life you are. Um, And in those cases, it can be perfectly legitimate to go straight for a piece of gear that is going to prevent you from having to worry about any of that stuff. So you can go straight in and start cranking out content, whatever form that may take for you, a little bit more quickly. So you're not going to have to necessarily go through all of that learning curve and kind of some of the pain points that come with a less expensive gear. So. It, you know, it just, uh, it depends on how you want to approach it and where you are in your life and what your budget looks like and what it is you're producing. And there are a lot of factors, but I think it can be a legitimate way to go either way. And and I'm with you, Kevin, the very first uh, little recorder that I bought was the Zoom H1, the old one, the little fantastic plastic um, through and through <laughs> thing. And now I just went down to a Best Buy one day. I'd gotten, I'd received a gift, a gift card from somewhere. I don't remember where it was, but that was what I bought with it, and that's that was, you know, for me, a huge learning experience. I learned so much with that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you start out, especially if,
0: I mean, you've been in audio and you know all this stuff or did to a large degree. When you start out, what are your questions? Well, what's the difference between if I do 16-bit or 24-bit? What's mm-hmm. the difference between recording at 41 versus 48? Um, what happens? Oh, that's too loud, and it peaks. Uh, how do I set the levels up
1: front for this little dude? Where do I put? Where do I put the lavalier mic? Yeah, so many questions. Yeah, in fact, that reminds me. There was another question on when we're, where we started. Who who had the first question? There was actually several of them in that uh, little chat. Um, what was it, was it about? It? Um what was the first question about the H8? Who asked about the H8? That oh, was, was Joe um, from Twitter. That was Video yeah. Joe. But he also asked what's the warm-up question for talking heads? Oh. That that that's a good one to to talk about here and you talked about gaining up as this, this kind of relates exactly to that. Um, a lot of times I will just start engaging the person a little bit. So when we're, we're talking about setting levels here at the start of a shoot, um, I will just start engaging them a little bit and ask them where they're from, if I don't already know, and, you know, maybe if you know them really well, hey, what'd you have for breakfast or, <laughs> you know, anything just to get the conversation going. And then it's always good to have on hand some means of having them laugh as well, because laughing is usually going to be the loudest thing that most people do in most of the work that I'm working on. And so that's gonna give you a sense for how, you know, how much the levels are gonna jump potentially in what you're recording, if there's any chance that they will laugh in the particular shoot that you're doing. So a lot of times I try to get a laugh out of them in some way. You, you can do that however you choose to do that. You can actually just ask them to laugh or you can actually have a joke ready. I'm sure Kevin would have a joke ready uh, or, or th- a thousand jokes ready that he could tell them. But that's that's my general approach is I want to get a sense for the range of loudness that's, that you know that they're going to speak with. And then that way I can make a better decision about where to set the game. Now, that's going to differ. De- it's going to depend on what I'm using. If I'm using this, and I really don't want to rely on these digital limiters, um, in that case, I'm going to want to probably leave a little bit more headroom, meaning that I'm not going to want to set the gain quite as high. So when I'm watching those meters as I set the levels, when they laugh, it's okay for it to get up, you know, maybe in the minus 10, minus 6 range. I don't want it to go any higher than that generally. Um, But then when they're talking, it's probably just going to be in the minus 15 range, maybe. Um, because there's that difference between the, the loudness of a laugh versus a regular talking voice. So if I'm working with something like a mix pre where I have analog limiters, I'm okay when they laugh to let those levels go up and start pushing up against the limiter a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I might run the levels a little bit hotter on a mix pre. So that's kind of the general idea. And that's well, a great question, Joe, by the it way. It is a great question. Um, and when
0: I would shoot people um, <laughs> I hate that. Shoot, shoot video, I know. not. I would a, film people. Yes. <clears throat> um, yeah, I would warm them up. It took me a while. It took me a few... Wow, it took a, actually a few years to really get them comfortable. And I realized, this is just for me. Curtis probably has more experience doing this. Whatever. Um, it took me a while to get these people warmed up. And to get myself comfortable, warming up other people, like, like telling a joke, um, like I would get everything set up and I'd start, and they're nervous; they haven't yeah. been on camera, yep, um, and they're fidgety. And I would just, like, like the people around me knew, start filming, just get everything rolling, forget the freaking slates, and just get everything rolling and just roll, and I just talked to him. So this is what we're gonna do. Just chill, you know. Um, oh, I heard this joke from my daughter. I just had to <laughs> tell you this, right? I'm talking to the person, right? Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Let me tell you this. I, I just, I thought it, it made me groan. They're like, what's that? And now they're getting engaged with me. I'm like, yes. it's okay. I wanna tell you two short jokes and one long joke, okay? They're like, yeah, and I go, joke 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 <laughs> and they would chuckle and just relax a little bit yeah because i don't do the this is me i don't do the Well let's um just get you loosened up a bit yeah and uh tell me about your anyway blah 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 his other question is best snack on a client shoot Oh, is that for the clients or for me? <laughs> that's the question.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I I'm don't know. Sure so sound speeds would say zip fizz. Zip fizz. Yeah, not. No, I don't want zip fizz <laughs> in me, and I don't want it in my clients either. Um, no, I. That's a good question. If you know, depending on the production you're working on, if it's just you know you're just getting started out, and you have to provide the snacks, then find out ahead of time what it is they like. Um, but try not to get something that's going to get stuck in their teeth or, you know, um, you know, maybe cause phlegm I'm sorry to bring this up, but you don't want a bunch of phlegm in their throat or anything like that. Um, <laughs> but they're just some, you know, just, just take those things into account. A lot of times I just prefer to have water on hand and assume that they've eaten, but, um... You know that that's my thinking really for me if i'm you know and this is where it gets it, it dif- differs depending on what you're doing if i'm doing a narrative film and i'm the production sound mixer and and boom operating as well you definitely have to keep your blood sugar levels steady and at the right level um and and consistent and so a lot of times what i will do is i'll have i'll have some snacks in the car that work for me so i'm gonna have apples and a lot of times I actually bring my own backup lunch in case, depending, uh, again, on the lower budget productions where it's more of a passion project. Um, mm-hmm. Usually for the the paid productions, they're going to have craft services, and so you should generally be covered there unless you have some really specific dietary needs. But um, I, I will always have some apples, I cliff bars or something like it. I can usually stick one or two of those in my sound bag so that if I'm in between shoots where the you know, camera and and gaffers are working on setting up the next scene and I have a tiny bit of downtime, I can down one of those and just kind of keep my level, you know, my energy levels going. Mm -hmm. So that's generally what I do. I'm not sure the context of Joe's. I assume he's talking about for him because I think he's shooting a video, uh, a wedding video today. Um, And in those cases, definitely having a snack like a Cliff Bar or something else, whatever you prefer in your bag, ready to go is a good idea. And water, plenty of water. Water, man. Definitely. Hey, there was a cool question in here. Sorry. Good morning, Jan- John Van Duren from Las Vegas. I hey, so hope you're hey, staying cool. Morning, everybody. Hope, hope you're staying cool down there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if I miss your comment, I don't know. Sue we, me. Love actually, we love you. We love all of you.
0: We love all of you. Actually, don't sue me. I can't afford it. Uh, <laughs> actually, go ahead and sue me. I know a lot of lawyers. Where was that question? It was a good one that you can answer. Oh, um, hold, it, hold it. Almost there. Oh, there it is. It. CS Film. What is the best choice for the Black Magic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K to use the Rode Video NTG or a shotgun microphone into mini XLR port?
1: Yeah, hmm. so that camera has a miniature XLR input. Um, so you have an option there. You could go with, a, you know, something like a VideoMic Pro, like the, the same type of thing you would put on a, you know a consumer mirrorless camera um, or you could go with a professional grade shotgun microphone with an xlr output i it depends on the shotgun microphone they're going to use those preamps are not super super strong in terms of providing lots of clean gain so you will need a shotgun microphone that produces a pretty hot output signal so again something like a rode ntg3 a rode ntg5 uh i think you could probably work with a DADS mic 2 um, but if you get into, you know, the less expensive shock microphones, at least more traditionally, a lot of those required a lot more gain. So I would stay away from something like a Rode NTG2. That just is going to be going to run into problems with that and a lot of self noise in that signal chain. So uh, but as for as your question about whether a video mic versus I mean, I guess it really depends. Here's the advantage. If you're just going to put it on top of the camera, the simplest thing to do is use Rode Mic NTG because it just it just plugs in. You know with the 3.5 millimeters it comes with a short cable to make that work if you are going to take the effort to boom the microphone out over your talent say for example you're doing a seated interview that's where i think an xlr mic makes a lot more sense and that way you can run a longer cable without as much risk of picking up interference and get the boom mic boomed out just over the talent which is going to sound a ton better than leaving that microphone on top of the camera so if, if you're going to be doing, you know, booming it out over the talent, I would go with an XLR mic. If you are just going to have a, something on top of the camera, which I would generally only consider unless you're doing walk-up interviews and more vlogging style work, um, that would generally just be scratch audio otherwise. So that's kind of my thought on that. Does that make sense, Kevin? That, Absolutely okay. does. What would you say? Sometimes, some, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I just start going on and on, and I and I and I think, did I cover the? Did I answer the question? I think I answered the question.
0: So, I, I do that, but I think you did. Uh, here's another one, gadget addict. Have either of you used the Sony TX650? I bought one recently, and while it's not the best sounding mic, it's so handy to clip on someone for a quick interview without messing around
1: with a wired life. I'll take that first. No. Curtis? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the answer for me is no as well. I have not used that particular one. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I don't have it up here in front of me, but I, if I'm not mistaken, that I think that might be a Bluetooth uh, wireless mic. Uh, I know Sony made one of those some time ago. Um, and if that's the case, yeah, If it's if it's working for you, I think it's a great choice. That's Eight. how I feel about gear. If it works for you and you're, getting, you're happy with the results and it's not making you tear your hair out, then that's a good thing. That's good. My Delve
0: Into? Man. You know, I really should have paid more attention in English class. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my Delve Into the Mix Pre 3 had a number of pluses. Um, the minus was I had to learn there's a lot of stuff in here. you go through and it breaks your brain and you need to like talk to people like Curtis and go, ah, but once you get it all set up and you understand and use the things in it, oh, and you take curtis's mix pre three course blink <laughs> blow, I think maybe not. actually, you could go over to the university and He was gracious enough to allow me to post all his, links to all his courses there. But learning this, I learned a lot about audio. The minus was, man, it took me a while to go through this thing because it's Mm feature-laden. The plus is, once I understood that all, I learned a lot about audio and sound and how to dial it in. And now that I got it set up, I'm not hungry for the F8 and the F4 and the mix pre two and the mix pre six, I'm done. I just do my audio and I don't care anymore. I like that.
1: Yeah, there's definitely something to be said for that. And that's kind of, (laughs) um, I would like to get to that spot with cameras, but I'm not there yet. Mm. Because cameras are very expensive. And especially, I mean, they come out so quickly, it's like, man, you could just spend a fortune upgrading every year or every few months, even, to get the best camera. And the reality is, is if you don't, if you if you have too many cameras, and or you upgrade too often, my experience, at least with me, is that I don't tend to really learn that camera well enough to get the very best out of it. And the reality is, is that so many of these cameras today are so good that if you just spend enough time with them and get to understand them and know kind of their unique character you can get really great imagery out of them. And so, um, you know, just if you could stick with one for a little bit longer, I think you get a better experience. And that, that of course, goes with sound as well, is that um, if you can stick with one thing for a longer period of time, unless it's causing you tremendous pain or, you know, slowing you down in some way, then there's there's definitely value there. I, I loved and still do.
0: I'm going to sell it. Um. My 5D Mark III. Yeah, I know. Curtis is laughing because I still have a (laughs) T3i. Yeah. That would be a 600D over in Europe. Mm -hmm. And I was giving away, excuse me, stuff on my unhacked live stream, which was hilarious. And I ended up giving it away like three times. (laughs) (laughs) And it was funny because nobody, in the end, nobody wanted it. I still have it. Um, but yeah, uh, oh, look, what's the, Ooh, I wish sound speeds were here. Maybe he is because I got a beautiful question that will trigger him. I use 32 bit float. <laughs> I use 32 bit float as a safety track. I just finished my first freelance gig as a complete newbie and had to quick set levels and focus on everything else. It saved me in one spot in the video. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know who's here, but as you know, it's the basic filmmaker channel. There are people like way up here and there are people down here. Would you mind taking just 30 seconds and explaining 32-bit float to people who aren't familiar with it? Yeah.
1: Um, So 32-bit float, um, this is not the perfect analogy, so don't don't take this too far. But... um, I mean basically if you know what raw shooting raw on a camera is it's kind of the equivalent it's kind of the equivalent in the audio world and the idea is that you get a much you can record a wider dynamic range the problem is it's a horrible name and it's it's misleading in some ways and that's let me talk about that for just a second 32-bit float just refers to the container that you're putting the audio the, the encoded audio into so once you've captured audio converted it to digital, and you stick it in a file that gets stored on an SD card or some other sort of drive. Um, It's stored in a 32-bit float format, and that 32-bit float format just has a ton of range. So every individual sample that you record and a sample is just a a moment in time. This is what the audio is doing. the sample just has this enormous range in which it can be stored so you can capture a really wide dynamic range the loudest loud sounds to the quietest quiet sounds and it can all be captured and you don't have to worry about clipping your audio if and if and only if the device that you're using with 32-bit float recording also has multiple analog to digital converters and that's the important thing because that's that's what enables the device to capture that wide dynamic range and then store it in 32-bit float containers. So that's the important thing. And here's actually a question from Jared about the Zoom F2 and 32-bit float. So I wish the manufacturers hadn't chosen 32-bit float as the name for the technology because it's only one small piece of what's what's happening there. For me, the the real, the, the, it's, I know it's a mouthful, but wide dynamic range recording would have made more sense to call this this whole technology so anyway so i think that what um yes that's jared and rocky's rim jam films that yes that that is a great story and that's a great example of how that can be useful i would encourage you and it sounds like you probably um you know, you, you probably have, have already kind of, you know, applied yourself and and, and you, you you knew enough to understand what it was would do for you. And it sounds like it saved you at one point in the in the recording. The one thing I do encourage people to do is still you need to understand how to set gain. It's still important to know how to do that. Um, some of them allow you to do that. Some of them don't. So the MixPre 2 series allows you to still set the gain even in 32-bit float mode. On the Zoom F6 and the Zoom F2, you don't even get a gain control it just (laughs) basically what it's doing it's applying a kind of hard-coded game setting for you which is actually really low so it leaves lots of headroom so that if things do get loud the problem with that approach is that there are potentially still some cases where the microphone could end up clipping before you know it's able to capture everything or actually that's true on the mix pre as well if you set the gain too high but in any case that's the general idea I probably should stop talking because i'm probably just going to confuse the matter <laughs> at this point but but 32-bit float that the two main use cases i see it value for being a val- valuable thing is number one if you're going to be recording something that you know is going to get super loud and then you want to also capture quiet sounds within that same take um, some examples might be you know if you're doing some dramatic um, landscape audio recording where you have thunder and lightly pattering raindrops in the same recording, you might want to have that wide dynamic range. Um, it can also be helpful in cases for things like air shows where you've got these really loud aircraft flying by um, with super high sound pressure levels, but you also want to be able to capture you know, some of the other ambient sound that's one that's one use case the second use case that i think is useful is exactly what jared and rockies was talking about here and that is if you're a solo operator i still think you need to learn how to set the gain or you know get things optimized place the microphone in the right place um, listen to things ahead of time get your talent you know ready and, and so on and so forth and then you're also doing camera and you're also doing lighting and you're also directing and you're also interviewing if you're doing all of that That's where having 32-bit float, wide dynamic range recording capabilities is also helpful because you can't very reasonably also be riding the fader or riding the gain setting on your audio recorder while you're doing all of those other things at the same time. So that's where it can be helpful as well.
0: But I would imagine, though, also, (laughs) I mean, you take someone like SoundSpeeds, he's going to be, he's a professional, he's going to be Mm -hmm. riding... Faders and he's going to be riding gains and he's going to have tested all this stuff for him. Yeah. I'm speaking for him. I don't know. 32-bit uh, <laughs> float setup would actually get in his way.
1: Could yeah. In fact, um, you know, it's interesting to note that of all if you if you go and look at the. Film sets, the, the big-budget film sets, the big-budget TV sets, um, very few of those production sound mixers are using recorders capable of recording wide dynamic range 32-bit float. Yep, They just aren't. It's hey, not like necessary in that case.
0: I like that. Wide dynamic range recording. And then the, everybody could call it Witter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or we could give it a hip-hop name. I don't know. One of the two. <laughs> hey, look at this. Here's a good one. This is a very important question. I think the value that this has to everybody listening is epic.
1: Curtis, oh <laughs> the my gosh, most successful joke. Give well, it to us. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing is I don't. I don't usually have a joke. Um, if if we get a good rapport going, I can usually say something just that I make up on the spot. But I could. I don't. I don't have like a canned joke that I bring with me. Um, Maybe I should. Now, continuous conversation. I think as a result of your question, I'm gonna need to, to come up with a little cache of jokes that I can pull upon at any time. But oftentimes I, I'm more about, the biggest thing for me is I do feel like I have to make them feel comfortable um, mm-hmm. if they're someone who has not sat in front of a camera before or not very much before. Um, and so really what I try to do is just engage them in conversation where I'm trying to get them comfortable first if at worst case, what I do is I say, okay, I need you to laugh. Um, you know, that's that's kind of the, you know, if you don't have a joke on hand or it's not working in terms of the rapport you've built with them and you can't come up with a joke kind of real time um, that kind of fits the situation, then then I will kind of default to asking them to go ahead and laugh and and using that. Now, that that's not as effective a lot of times because a contrived laugh could be all over the place. It may not be loud enough. It might be too loud. Um, You never know until you get into it. But usually I rely on having a feel for the situation and being able to say something funny related to that situation. Self-deprecation can work pretty well a lot of times. Um, So that's that's often the form of jokes that that I'll end up with, is self-deprecation.
0: And I think... I mean I've run into this like if you know if you don't know who you're interviewing and you're just on the spot setting it down bah hopefully you did some research about this person
1: mm-hmm. yeah. If
0: you know the person and you've checked yeah. them out you may tell this person a joke they may not like jokes yeah they may find True. jokes terrible like I pulled this one time on the CEO of a company I didn't know this guy Really intimately, and little did I know, is he hates jokes. <laughs> and my first thought was, How could you hate jokes? jokes are <laughs> awesome. So I looked at him and said, Okay, we're gonna start and everything else. Um, so the first thing, you know, here's what we're gonna do just chill and everything else. Oh, um, I just wanted to tell you this uh, this uh, joke I usually tell people when I start. So this steel worker walks into a bar. Wait for it. <laughs> he and didn't he like it. And he's like...
1: Yeah, it didn't okay. help. And I okay. was like, oh, <laughs> <Okay."> crap. <laughs> hey,
0: Michael Finn, my Irish friend. Kevin a- Keith Alexander reckons green apples are ideal for the talent before starting. What do you think, Curse? Hey, I made a video seven years ago about this it's called the smackies um i'm joking who knows it's like i made this up uh yes i've done this before with people that have smacky mouths. for some reason a green apple not a red apple not a whatever apple um something about that will remove something from your mouth that quits the smackies from occurring yeah that being said, when you go to someone who's doing a voiceover, if they're a professional, they already know this. Um, if you're doing something on and you're sitting down with the CEO of a company or the vice president or something, and you say, "Hey, I would like you to eat this green apple." <laughs> it's not going to go over well yeah. what do you think man i would
1: I would talk to you know if you're talking to an executive, if they have an executive assistant. I would talk to them and and find out, you know, hey, I'm trying to, you know, I'm getting ready for the shoot. I want to make sure that so-and-so kind of is feeling their best. Are they a tea drinker? Would it help if they had some tea ahead of time? I'm trying to make sure that they don't have like the dry mouth syndrome and the clicky mouth syndrome. Um, Do they like green apples? Do they, you know, what are our options here? Just if we do run into that issue, just executive assistants surprisingly have a lot of insights if you are working with executives in corporate work. You know, I almost cut you off in this stream, so hold on a second. Hey, Emma,
0: can you help me, please? For those of you who don't know, Curtis <laughs> has this beautiful, lovely daughter um, who helps him on his live streams. She's really good. She handles the comments and the switching and all this stuff. Uh, just, I think that's awesome. And I was on a live stream and he mentioned something about, oh, yeah, well, Emma has the ATG 1430-something mic. And I was like, uh-oh. I was just going to say something like, I wish I had a daughter like that, but then I just diss my daughter. I'm bailing. Next question. Oof. Boom. <laughs> uh, Dipple poji whatever that means. Hi, Curtis and Kevin. I just got an F6. Is it normal that I had to turn the gain past the 12 o'clock mark? I did not change any settings. When I play back on my desktop, mm, the recording is still soft. You want me to check that one? Well, I'll give you my experience really quick mm-hmm. on the MixPre 3. I was really like iffy on this thing because I had to, like right now, the fader is sitting at about the two o'clock mark and the gain a lot of this has to do with this mic, the Shure SM7B, which is awesome. You should buy it. Affiliate link below. It's a joke. Uh, the gain on this thing is set to plus 65 dB. It's a gain-hungry mic. So I'm not familiar with this. My, my opinion on this, and you have this, my opinion on this is, hey, if it's working, it sounds good.
1: Great. Yep, that's a good way to look at it. Now the F six is a little bit special. Um, let me just talk about that. So technically, on the F six, you are not set, if you're in thirty two bit float mode, I, which I assume you are. Um, the Zoom F six does not have a gain setting. So you're actually when you turn that dial on the front, you're adjusting the fader. However, the Zoom F six is also unique from the standpoint that it records the levels post fader, meaning that any any changes to the fader you make. Is actually what adjusting the levels that are going to be recorded. It's totally not normal um, with with a lot of microphones to have to turn past twelve o'clock. Totally fine. And in in the case of the Zoom F6, those preamps are quite quiet, so you're not going to get a lot of self noise. So turn it, turn it to where it needs to be. Get those meters bouncing around so that they're hitting. You know, if you're doing a scripted dialogue piece where you know things are going to be pretty stable in terms of the levels. You know, you could go up to minus 12 easily on that thing. And and again, if you hit zero, as long as you're not doing anything live, then you're going to be just fine. It's going to be able to capture that. You're not going to have any sort of clipping or distortion. So cool. Use your gain. Turn it. And well, in that case, use your fader. (laughs) Use your Turn it past 12. And if you don't have a quality recorder
0: and a quality microphone, you know, you're going to... Take your little Zoom H1, and you up the gain, and it's at like 80, and you're like, Ugh. that's just part of the process. You're going to have to learn how to adjust things or bring things up in post. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, Curtis, loved your interview lighting ser- series. Very nice. Only need more coin for
1: that bookcase lighting. That was a cool <laughs> series, man. <laughs> Thank you. That was really cool. Uh-oh. Thanks. Thanks, Gary, yes. for that as well. One thing Thank to you. note. Just, Gary, on that, if I could interject real quick. You don't have to use uh, big stuff. You can use foam core poster boards. So if you, you, anyone, you, you, you know, those are pretty affordable. So don't necessarily have to go for all the expensive stuff. Just uh, start start where you can. Poster boards are awesome.
0: Yeah, I have some, it's like eighth inch. You can get it uh-huh. on Amazon in Sheets. I yep. have some eighth inch poster board in black uh-huh. and white. Yep. And blue. Yep. They're fun to play with. Absolutely. Please, oh boy. Here here is my answer. Please suggest me a vlogging microphone at low budget. Love from Judah Vlogs. Hey, Judah. So I just posted, while Curtis was talking, a link to my kit page. What's a kit page? It's a page that shows all the gear that I recommend that I use with nothing else. Just go check that out. I have things at all budget levels from $89 on up. Uh, low budget, there are a million of them out there. I would suggest if you're going to go low budget, as much as $29 in these mics, I would suggest getting a low budget mic from Deity, from Rode, poss- possibly a few others. Curtis, I don't... I. I
1: yeah. These other knockoffs. <laughs> you have to be careful with them. Yeah, for sure. techstar SGC six hundred is actually pretty decent. It's about forty bucks, I think. It is not as good if you're jostling the camera around a lot. Some of that's going to transfer to the capsule, so you will pick up some of that. But you know, it it sounds really surprisingly good for its price. Again, I think it's it's thirty or forty dollars at the most. So that's another one to look at. But yeah, cool. look at Kevin's kit. Kevin's got lots of great stuff there so
0: yeah I have a hundred and something products and I keep it updated uh, okay I'm not gonna rant
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> I, I just I
0: go to some of these kits and I'm not calling anybody out and they just have this massive pile of products in there and I get it and I get the affiliate link game but for God's sakes, if you're gonna recommend products to people, at least recommend the things that you know about and that you use yeah. and not a pile of stuff because as Curtis knows and many other creditors know, some people, it's a responsibility. People say, hey, would you buy the MixPre-3 or not again? I'm like, yeah. If they're like, hey, what audio recorder should I use? And I blast them with 100 audio quarters to make two pennies on uh, crappy things. Shame on you. Here's the next one. Oh, this question. Sorry, Jared, but Curtis has never got this question before. Any thoughts on the, oh, let me do this because it really pisses people <laughs> off. Any thoughts on the Seinhauser <laughs> MKE 600? Whenever I say that, oh, people are like, ah!
1: Yeah, well, Sennheiser, uh, Sennheiser <laughs> MKE six hundred. I I have to confess, Jared and Rocky's, I've used it one time. My brother has one of them, and it's it's decent. It's a very bright microphone, so I think it's it suits uh, voices that are rather dark a little bit better because it has a lot of high end sensitivity. Um, if you have somebody with a sibilant voice, it's probably a little bit much on most of their voice. So it's not the most neutral sounding microphone, but it can be a great fit for some voices. That's, that's kind of my thought on the MKE 600 Cool. It's not something I typically recommend as a general, this'll work for most people in most cases. I think it, it's really going to work best for people that have darker voices, not a lot of sibilant energy. And, you know, if you go in and say, she sells seashells by the seashore and it starts to just great on your ears, um, then this is probably not a good choice, Mike, for you, or for that voice. Cool. Here's a question
0: from teacher of teachers. Yes. Sometimes an interviewee will habitually give a short answer, lacking context, lacking context the intended audience needs. Is there a good strategy for gently steering them back to a more expansive response? I've, I've seen this
1: yeah that's all that's all about directing and you know the a good director will you have to you have to prep them ahead of time you have to tell them hey here's the thing so the way we're going to record this is i'm going to be talking to you but we're not recording me we're only going to cut the parts that have you talking in them so one thing that's super important is i need you to you know when i ask you a question you need to kind of respond so if i ask you um you know, what are the most important strategic things for your company? I need you to start the questions or start answering the question by saying the most important strategic uh, elements we apply here at such and such company is blah, blah, you know, so you have to, and, and you have to go back and just gently, you know, if they, if they forget to say that, you may have to get, have them go back and ask them a question again, and again, remind them, hey, I just need you to state that over again. And this time, let's say, you know restate basically restate the question don't don't it doesn't have to be an exact restate of the question but um uh <laughs> sorry I just got distracted by the chat I'm gonna hide the chat for <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you just it's just just persistence that's just really good directing um, and and I'm not necessarily the best at directing and in fact at my job that I, I just actually resigned from my job yesterday was my last day at the job that I've been at for 14 and a half wow. years um, but we had a really great colleague of mine who was um, she had no experience. She's in the marketing group. Her, her name is Carla, and she did a great job. We kind of basically put her on the spot, and over the years, she became a really good director. And it's just a matter of developing those skills and, and finding ways to say that at the start of the shoot and, you know, cut and let's go back and let's talk about this question again. When you, when you first respond to the question, make sure you restate what we're talking about here just so there's context when we do the edit. And usually people will pick up on that pretty quickly.
0: And hey... I, okay, I was going to drop some, okay, I will. When you're interviewing someone like me right now, mm-hmm. I've been on camera, good and bad, as I've learned for seven or eight years. Same with Curtis. Like chill with the person. Don't rush them. Um, secondly, if you, if you have instructed them, when I ask you the question, how did this company start? I want you to say, hey, here's how I started the company. Uh, Or you ask them a yes, no, no question. Uh, Do you have plans in the future to expand the company? Yes. That's on you. It's not their fault. You didn't prep them. You didn't ask again. Uh, Do you have plans for expanding the company? Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay, tell me about that. And yes. they'll
0: talk. Like
1: anyway. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's even better if you can rather than asking a yes-no question and then following it up with tell me about that. Another, you know, way to go approach that a little differently is tell me about what your plans are for the future. So you you're not asking them a yes or no. You get them directly into the conversation right away. And so it just it's it flows a little bit more smoothly. Again, basic director kind of skill. Mm-hmm. And if it happens
0: and you happen to be the video editor or Handing it over to someone edit, mm-hmm. they'll just like they'll put up a little lower third and say, with the question that the guy's talking about. Yes. Like, Yeah. There it's never it.
1: the person on
0: camera's fault.
1: That's right. That's right. At well, least in those corporate session in those corporate video scenarios, for sure. Wow.
0: I don't know what this says. This is Lee Fresh Paul. Um, <laughs> if you don't know Paul. Uh, He runs a coffee company, now, way long years ago, he used to uh, head up um, Canova, all sliders and stuff. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah. yeah. Look at this. Oh, yes, Curtis Mix Precourse. I'm really happy that I bought it. I've had to reference it many times. There's a lot more to to that recorder than my old Tascam. Dr. 40 yeah. Indeed, yeah. Hey, it's... I'm dropping a link on everybody. That
1: is a link to the university.
0: That like it's...
1: Okay. <laughs> it depends on how they have their browser configured. It's yes. on this page somewhere. <laughs> if you're
0: listening to the podcast, it's down there. I <laughs> like fear. Oh, whatever. Go to the university. Check it out. I have his courses on there. You click on it. You read about it. You see a video from Curtis. You click there. Take you over to a school, and you could do the course. Anyway, uh, what do we got here? Cameras, man. I would love to upgrade from GH5s to Canon 300. I am going to be a bad person, Trevor, because if we start talking about cameras, this thing's going to go on forever, and I don't want to do that to Curtis because he's busy. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, here we go. Is the Curtis sound course on basic film? Yeah. Um, Does it matter which one? Okay, yeah, so good question. Does it matter which one I purchase? Yes. Actually, no. (laughs) It it doesn't matter which one you purchase. Okay, it doesn't matter. We'll just leave it at that. Um, They're the
1: same, in other words. They are the same. They're
0: the same. It it takes you to the same place. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Some piece scares me. He's crazy smart. Yes, he is. Oh, look who we have. Mr. Dave. Hey, Dave. Hello, gentlemen. Question for Curtis. Benefits of analog limiter as opposed to digital, or better yet, when you see digital, what should be kept in mind as opposed to analog? Man, I love analog. The fact that I'm still working on this, I know there's some problems. Mm -hmm. My biggest problem with this thing, this is the Deity HDTX. I think there are some problems. I haven't tested that part yet. My biggest problem with this is how to make a video that isn't a frickin' hour long. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is a good question. I don't. Do I have digital limiters? No, on the mix mm-hmm. pre, I don't have any. Great question. What do you think, Curtis?
1: Yeah. So Zoom, Zoom, uh, the Zoom H8 does have digital limiters. The Zoom um, F4 f6 and f8 and the f6 does at least in 24-bit mode um, have digital limiters the the kind of the bottom line on that dave is that the digital limiters will potentially raise the noise floor whereas analog limiters will not that's the kind of the bottom line there's a there's a huge discussion we could have about how they work differently but basically what analog limiters do is they literally pull the levels down before they get converted to digital um, if they're getting too hot. So just anything if you have a something that comes up really louder than expected, it'll push that down before it gets converted to digital. A digital limiter does not work that way because what happens in a digital limiter is the recorder tricks you. So when you set the gain, for example, to plus fifty dB, it's actually only setting it to plus forty dB. And what happens is that audio goes through the preamplifier, it goes into the digital converter, and then it looks at all of the audio that's come in post-converter, and it says, okay, if we boost this one back up by 10 dB, will it clip? No, okay, go ahead and do that. If we do, if if you find a sample that would clip if they pushed it up 10 dB, then they don't push it up 10 dB. What that does in practical terms is all the silent portions all get pushed up by 10 dB. So you're... At a practical level, you could end up with a louder noise floor. So that's the, that's the big difference between the two. Yep. I know the Rode Go 2.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, good on them for doing this. I mean, they're, you're not going to put analog limiters in this little thing, which is no. why I'm still like, they put analog limiters in here? Um, they did this little trick thing. When I was playing with it. in fact, on the video, the sound is a little overcooked, where they will pull down the levels to make sure it isn't overcooked, yet it's overcooked. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah
1: the, the the consumer grade stuff is a little trickier a lot of times because you don't necessarily know what the settings are doing on on the pro grade gear game or You know, usually they'll call it gain or trim, and that's the same thing. That is amplification of the audio signal coming from the microphone. That's actually the the preamplifier boosting the levels. Fader is always a fader. A fader is something that takes a level that's already been amplified and allows you to adjust it from there. You can adjust it down and send it to the mix at a quieter level if you want to do that. Um, So, but on the consumer-grade gear, for example, with the Rode Wireless Go 2, there is one setting related to levels, and that's the output level from the receiver. So, what that seems to indicate, and I don't know for sure because Rode hasn't said, what that seems to indicate is that you're just adjusting the output level from the receiver. So, there's some hard-coded gain setting somewhere, Yep, I guess. Um, yep. so you don't get a lot of opportunity to really tune the, the preamps. You you just don't, that setting doesn't exist. So but if you're just doing talking stuff, probably that's going to be okay, but maybe not. I don't know. Depends on how loud your people get. If they're screaming. From my tests,
0: that's exactly what's happening is the, over on the receiver, you're mm-hmm. basically adjusting the volume, of what's going through to, to the, the recorder or to the or, camera. Ca- yeah. 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 But, hey, you get these two little units for 200-something bucks. Okay, fine. Uh, what yeah. do we got here? do 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 do, do. Ru- Oh, man. Jared, Rocky, that, that was hour. based
1: on our comment earlier. That was our yeah. comment earlier about setting yeah. levels properly heat. Yeah, it's still an important skill to learn. We're going to have to rock. I just... We've <gasps> already been going an hour. <gasps> See, wow. if Emma
0: were here, she'd be like, we're Okay, last it down. question, Curtis. <laughs> Shut it down. Um... I'll try and rip through these uh,
1: recommendations for y- for use an H eight in live concerts. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know if you're using the built-in microphones. If you are, um, the trick with the handy recorders, I think, is that they they don't necessarily handle super loud sound pressure levels. So if you're working in a, if it's a rock concert and it's really loud, you know, or some pop concert, it's really loud you may clip, and you may, not, I mean, you may not have any options. So even in some of these, I don't know if it's true in the H8 as well, I know it certainly was with the Zoom H1, is that when you turned it down below, I think a setting of four, it was doing digital attenuation from there. What that means in practical terms is it couldn't actually turn down the microphones anymore. And what it's doing is it's capturing the sound at level four, and then once it converts it to digital, it's dropping it even more. The problem with that is that the audio has already clipped so you can't save the audio. So this is probably not the best uh, choice for those situations, unfortunately, if it's really, really loud. Another option, too, is that if you're taking a feed from the soundboard, you do have these the XLR combo inputs on the side. You have two of them, one on this side, one on this side. If you're getting a feed from a soundboard, go into the... the Um, quarter inch inputs that is how you tell the zoom h8 that you're taking a line level signal which is what the soundboard will be delivering to you if you use xlr inputs it thinks it's a microphone and it won't adjust the levels down low enough for you so that's one of the tricks on the zoom h8 cool oh boy what's a good good set (laughs) of headphones
0: for field recording that won't cost an arm and a leg go over to my kit page personally I use these little Sonys. They don't make them any year. MDV something, which I love them. Now, they, if you can get them, they're like 300 bucks. It's stupid. There's a similar model. MDR-7506. That's the one Yeah, you want. and they went from 5 sure. to 20,000, blah, blah. They're pretty flat for me. I think Curtis has talked about this. Sound Speed's talked about this. I think uh, uh, Bandrew talked mm-hmm. about this. There's no way. I recommend what I have on my kit page. We'll just get out. We'll just jump out of this. There's no way I can show you what these sound like <laughs> on a video or on an audio. And there's no way I can recommend what I have and test it out. That unless you put them on your very own ears, ears. Don't know what to tell you.
1: Yeah, I would. I would if you can go to a like I don't know if you're in the United States, Chris. If if there, if you are a, a guitar center or a pro audio shop, usually they'll have some you can try out there. But Sony MDR seventy five oh sixes are a good choice. Those are the, I think those are the ones that they're, they're very similar to what Kevin's wearing there. They're just you have replacement parts. They're they're not perfect, but they're they've been in use and production for a long, long time, and a lot of people use them, and there's a reason. There's a good reason for that. They work. Oh, yep. I love Tom Buck. Did, he have, are you, did you find his out. joke? He has a joke. <laughs> did you hear that Apple is going to release a super small iPhone? They're calling it the microphone. <laughs> it's perfect, Tom. Tom, <laughs> I would like to hire you to come on and direct the, the, the things that I work on from now on. Oh, absolutely. Me too, man. I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, I'm so far.
0: Oh, Dan's planning video. This is a university memory. Great guy. Check this out. John Buck, that should go with their new product, the eyeglasses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, Jared. Don't sell Curtis's daughter again. Hey, I did not sell Curtis's no, daughter. he didn't. It was a mistake. It was taken out of contest. We were doing a live stream. I said it'd be cool if we could fit. everybody...
1: Everybody Uh, had an Emma,
0: everybody needs an Emma. Everybody needs an Emma. We should bid to see if we could get Emma to come work for us and that got turned into me trying to sell Curtis's daughter. It's creepy, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got to catch up on these. Uh, Had an audio guy get offended when I asked him why he has to have his arms over his head all day and why not invent some kind of monopod type thing to take the load off? I still can't figure out why. Well,
1: you just say thank you. <laughs> yeah, talk to. I definitely check out some of SoundSpeed's videos. Um, I actually do not hold my head, my arms above my head most of the time when I am booming, and there there are reasons for that. You you can't sustain that for forever. I've had. I once did a a take that was about sixteen minutes long. There is no way that even the strongest people can hold their arms above their head for that long. So that, that there's that. First of all, if somebody is doing that, um, wow, I don't, I don't know. And even, even on uh, Alan's channel, Sound Speeds, he's actually shown there actually are some devices like that. So if you do really long takes and you, you know, it's going to be pretty static. But the, but you know, also the other factor is, a boom operator is is queuing the mic usually. Um, you could potentially do that on a monopod, but, um, the advantage of not having a monopod is that you're much more mobile. You can move, you can, you know, do a walk and talk type of shot. There are just a lot of things you can do when you're just manually booming a mic that you can't do if you're on any sort of monopod. So it's just a, I don't know why that person got offended necessarily, but, um, there are just a lot of factors, I would say. Yeah. So, But it's a good question, Jim. It's a great question it is any thoughts on the boya mics here uh, i've not used them i have uh, a lot of pe- you know a lot of people buy them because they're affordable and that's great um i've had a lot of questions about why is my boya making this hissing noise how do i solve it and it's like i i don't know i mean they're you know it depends on what you're plugging it into i some people love them some people have not had a great experience with them yep can
0: DRAM-AWA99. What's the difference between audio interface
1: and DAC? DAC? Is he talking yes. about? A digital to analog converter. Um, so an audio interface is usually usually has inputs and outputs. So it has an input with an analog to digital converter. It also has an output for headphones with a digital to analog converter. Uh, a DAC, which is usually just a headphone amplifier with a digital to audio converter, that's usually the difference between those two. Cool.
0: Kind of disappointed from Mark Randall. (laughs) Curtis didn't respond to that question with yes, then be silent. Okay. Curtis, did you eat breakfast today? Yes. Satisfaction guaranteed.
1: (laughs) Delivered. (laughs) There you go. That was was in relation to the question about the MKE 600. Mark was asking why I didn't just say yes. Mm -hmm. Hey, if you got
0: booming questions, Curtis can answer these. Sound speeds go check out his channel go ask him questions he gives a lot to people
1: he does he's here mass- by the way
0: he's oh, here yeah I didn't know that hey man um, he does these massive in-depth videos the guy is the boom guy he's a sound guy he spent he does major motion pictures and TV shows he just Go ask him questions. He's uh, in fact. He's got, you can ask he's questions the, to him in here. He's, yeah, he's in the chat. So he's the he's the man. I was a boom operator for many years. Okay. Ah. Congrats on the new chapter, Curtis. Leaving a job after 14 years can't be easy. Or it maybe was it not super easy. No.
1: No, it was a and it was an emotional experience. It's like leaving your friends or, or leaving home for the first time. It was it was rough, <laughs> but I am excited for the future. Double D. If Would any I of the microphones
0: try. that you guys have been discussing be good for singers live music settings i my knowledge of singer mics is outdated or what I've heard because I myself I try and sing I don't do much I do some in the background sometime I've seen people use the s m seven b the throw down mic for Decades has been the SM58, etc. There are a ton of mics out there. You know, you call,
1: well, go find someone who's a singer and ask them. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. The ones we've been talking about really aren't made for that. But yeah, SM58 is probably the classic. There are a lot of people are using condenser mics now or um, other microphones other than the SM58 as well. But I, this one, for example, is a, an Earthworks SR314, which is. It's kind of a handheld performance microphone, live performance mic. Um, It's actually a condenser, but there are lots of options out there, a million options. Depends on how high end you wanna go to. Yeah, there are, oh man, I gotta rip
0: through these. Question from Boom in the Sky. Is the DD S2 as good as the Rode shotgun mic, the $700 one? Are you talking about the $700 one is the NTG3?
1: Yes. Your, your answer is yes? No, that's, that's the mic he's talking about. Yes. I, I'm just telling you that's the mic he's talking about.
0: <laughs> it's a personal opinion, like headphones. For me, I love the NTG3. It's about 799 bucks. I love it with my voice. I've had it for seven, eight, ten years. I love the thing. I have it all set up and dialed in. Boom. There's nothing wrong with the DADS2. There's nothing wrong with the DD. Uh, s mic 2s the shorter one i, I wish it's there was a program maybe there is in fact you could probably do this go to a rental shop and pay the 30 bucks or whatever and rent it for a couple of days try it with your voice
1: yeah i would say that the that there's one other difference to the s mic 2s is a little bit noisy a little bit more self-noise the dds mic 2 is very good um the road NTG-3 is a different it uses a different design principle, so it's a an RF-bias microphone. It will hold up if you're going to be in a lot of really humid environments or going in from a cold hotel, you know, air-conditioned hotel, out onto, you know, the rainforest or out on the beach where it's really humid. Um, the NTG-3 will have some advantages. It can generally make that transition a little bit more gracefully and not start getting weird crackly noises when water or condensation ends up on the microphone capsule, so... Quite That's the, the one most advantage.
0: awesome, mic ever, the shops <laughs>
1: the chefs, yeah, the shops See, I have to See, say, Schopes. I know you. You know you intentionally mispronounce <laughs> all of the German stuff. I
0: mispronounce everything
1: because it makes people nuts, and they're like, "Ah!" <laughs> um,
0: yeah, the Shopes, uh It's a big problem, going from humidity going to dryness, but we won't go into that. Jared the m k e six hundred is my only shotgun at this point. What would you recommend for a good all arounder? My voice is dark sounds great on it. Rocky is very brilliant and sibilant. We film together often
1: um I don't know. I don't know that Mike if it works, why get something else yeah. I mean, I, it's, I guess what I'm reading is that Rocky's voice sounds maybe a little bit harsh on that on the MKE600. In that case, maybe something about um, S-Mic 2 is a decent choice. Um, if you want to move up into something higher end, there's the Rode NTG5. Um, I don't know how much you're looking to spend, but those are some options I would look at.
0: Boom in the sky. What a great name. Second question. I have the EVRE20. Man, that thing's been around forever and it's awesome. And it's super power hungry, as you know. I'm thinking about the Fed head versus Cloud Lifter. I don't have the mic. I don't have Fed heads. Go, Curtis.
1: Uh, yes, I, I think a, a Fed head's a fine choice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was too short. I okay. mean, I haven't done extensive testing between the di- the difference between the Fed Head and the Cloud Lifter, but the Cloud Lifter you're going to need an additional cable just because of the way it's set up. the The Fed Head is made to be kind of an inline thing, so you don't need as many cables. That's convenient, and nice. True. CS Film thoughts about USB C to TRS jack
0: hmm. cables that some brands use for connecting microphones USB. B.C. to T.R.S., Jack?
1: I'd need to know. We need to know a little bit. Like, you have a specific model. I don't know that I've tested a lot of those. And apparently, there are sound speeds. And I'm now creepy, (laughs) Kevin. (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, Alan, you're late. His actual hip-hop name is Kevkev. Wow, Kevkev.
0: And hey, please, let's use the new Kevkev hip-hop name because I suspect this is a joke. I suspect that all you bots who keep commenting on all my videos, Kevin loves cryptable. Crypto is killing me. It's a joke. <laughs> um, Curtis is so tall; he has to crouch to boom. <laughs> Shaq. not okay.
1: quite that tall. <laughs> <laughs> what else? We but got? am I, but, but are we right, Alan? Can you can you speak to this? If you're holding your hands, uh, if you're booming like this all the time, you're gonna you're gonna injure yourself most likely, right? And that's, that's a rough thing to be doing constantly. For, short, for shorter takes, maybe okay if you have to, but.
0: I, I'd like to see that. I'm going to take a stab here and be completely wrong because I know nothing about it. Like anything, like playing basketball or playing an instrument like this is a, I don't know what that is. Two trumpets. Um, <laughs> playing a bass and holding it up. After doing it for years and years and years, not a big deal. I could be totally wrong about this. Sound speeds can answer this later. What else we got? Oh boy. I don't know if this is cool or not. Our new pup, girl puppy is called Emma Sweet. Okay. It's a cute cute name, yeah. What is a good and affordable mic for voiceover?
1: Um, Define affordable. Define affordable. And also tell us what you're plugging into. What will you be attaching it to?
0: Yes, the SM7B is great for voiceover. You can use, you know, I did a whole voiceover video for doing corporate stuff. You can Mm. use, I don't have other stuff here, you can use a shotgun mic, you can use a dynamic mic, you can use all these different mics as long as they have clean sound, and as Curtis said, it depends what you're going into. If you're sitting here using an SM7B and you expect to run it into a little Zoom H1 recorder, not going to happen. Um, yeah. What are you plugging into? That, that should be the... It is. <laughs> Ooh, here's a good question.
1: <laughs> Wait, I, I, sorry, I'm not, I'm not laughing at Divil, but Bandrew is here now, and he has a, a, a wonderful question at the end that we will eventually get to. Awesome. And by the
0: way... I'm nailing it. Got Curtis on here next week. I'm having Bandrew on the show. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm. I got to set aside
1: time then to watch that. That's gonna be. I love Bandrew. His sense of humor. He like is demented. He's, Let's be honest. No, 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 Kevin. No, Kev, Kev. Honest. He's demented, in a wonderful way.
0: Yes. There's this and this. He sits right in that little groove, of humor. I don't think he knows. I watch his videos and his little things he puts on Twitter. I laugh like not LOL, really. I freaking guffaw when I see this guy. I can't wait to have him on. He's awesome. Hey, Dipple Podgy. Wow, we're still going. All right, let's rip through these. See what Rips happens. Let's Speaking go. Get all these great questions. Let's go. We answer all these things. <laughs> you would, Emma would just be like, Sixty minutes. Hey, thanks for watching. See you later. See ya. I can't Oh it's a disease. <laughs> but I love these questions. When to use a high low pass filter. Kevin, do you do any sound trep- treatment in your studio set up? I'll let Curtis answer the high low pass filter question first.
1: Okay, first it depends on the situation if you in production sound, for example, if you have a lot of wind or something like that, that's when you'd probably want to use a high pass. And it depends on what high passes are available to you. Some microphones have them, and um, obviously most recorders have them as well on each of the inputs. So it really depends. Some, some high pass filters on um, microphones can be pretty aggressive sometimes. For example, the Sennheiser MKH-50, I think, goes all the way up to 250 hertz. Which is really aggressive that is to say it's going to cut a lot of the lower frequencies out but that's sort of a a special use case kind of high pass filter if it's going to be windy or something like that where you just really have to get rid of a lot of the low frequency stuff otherwise you're going to get all this crackling distortion high pass filters i don't generally use during recording if i need to i'll often apply them in post on spoken word content just because i don't need a lot of that energy above 15 kilohertz for example um just to kind of make it a cleaner overall recording so it will fit better in an overall mix of music and sound effects and other dialogue. So that's generally the answer there for that. Cool. Gary Grove. Chris Wait, Grove. you didn't you whoa, whoa, <laughs> you didn't answer your part. Go back. yeah, now you Thanks, need to talk em- about sound treatment. Curtis Emma. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> he's right.
0: Do I use sound treatment in my studio set up? Yes. So next is, no, um, I am very lucky because my studio is on the top level. It's fully carpeted. I do use a few wall panels. I think I made a video on this. My biggest gain, I I didn't do the ceiling. It's hard walls. Um, I do have things hanging on the wall. Like I have a big cloth, green screen, you know, one of those large foldy-ups. All these cut down on sound. My biggest gain was in the back that a lot of people don't realize. In the back of me I have a brick wall but it's actually a really thick cloth. Um, brick wall. It's thick. And what happens is that really muffles a lot behind me. And my camera's sitting in a little cove. And then I have carpet on the floor. floor. That's all I use. In here I have some curtains over yonder that are cloth. And then in here, it's basically, whoa, carpet on the floor. And that's it. I got walls and posters and crap happening all over. I'm using a dynamic mic and I'm close to it, which really helps. Um, over there, I use the Rode NTG3. And I have carpet on the floor. I'm not talking into walls and any reverberation hits the back. So that's all the that's all the sound treatment. You'll notice Curtis. He has sound treatments. Uh-oh. What? See I expect my finger. Yeah. He has sound treatments. Uh yeah. Long-winded answer. All right. Oh. Do you guys use audio software like DaVinci Resolve Fairlight and Adobe Audition? I use Adobe Audition. I'm moving over and playing with DaVinci. Curtis uses all sorts of stuff.
1: I use a lot of things, Jeff. Yeah, Pro Tools, Adobe Audition. Fairlight, I've tr- I t- tried to mix a film on Fairlight and it was a disaster. It's just, it's a little bit crashy right now. If you get more than about 20 tracks, which in a film is not unusual at all. If you're just doing a YouTube video and you have a music track and a dialogue track, it's probably fine.
0: Studio Two Magic. Hey man, this guy makes great videos. Big question, just got here. Will 32-bit audio be an advantage for when the boom mic was held too far away? I think we already covered that. Maybe you can go for it.
1: Uh, not much. It, the short answer, it won't make that much of a difference. It won't help a lot, in other words. Cinco D30, good. Oh, Kev-kev. here we go. There now, it is. now you've yeah. done it. You got to get rid of the space. So it just it's KevKev, KevKev, no space. Very now close. you've done it.
0: Oh, boy. Dude, we got so many questions. Emma!
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's getting ready to move, so she's not available.
0: (laughs) So, can I ask this question? It's a bit personal.
1: You don't know what it is. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, uh, yeah, it depends on what it is. Ask away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So when Emma, because she's she's doing whatever she's doing when she moves and Mm -hmm. stuff, are you going to
1: lose her as your production person? Yeah, for for most weeks, she'll she'll be living. Um, she's going she's going back to the university. So she's been attending online, but now, um, she's going to be moving back down and and attending in person. So, oh, if I'm like lucky, if I'm lucky, Danny will be filling in. But if I'm not lucky, then I'll be going back to producing my own shows, which I'm not looking forward to.
0: It's rough, but um, I got whatever you you, you uh, got it
1: going. You got it going. You're doing fine. Any
0: experience with the Sankin C S M one? No. No. Okay, next. <laughs> Sorry, dude.
1: <laughs> I got a rip.
0: This guy's time. Oh.
1: It's no, it's a good mic the samples I've heard are fine. They're good. I, I don't it's it's a shorter shotgun microphone for those that are not familiar. But Teacher of Teachers,
0: good guy. Kevin's idea about renting is really good. Rental prices as opposed to purchase prices are rarely mentioned in gear discussions. They seem to make learning much more affordable if you're going to drop a lot of money on a gear make sure that if you don't like it you can return it number one like seven or 30 days or whatever and they're legit or two if you're going to drop a big pile of money on a big giant camera or something don't go rent it for a day it's not enough time but maybe you'll pay a tenth i'm going to go Check out the C70 from Canon or the A7S III. These are $3,000, dollars $5,000 cameras. Go drop 200 or 300 bucks and get your hands on it for a week. That's my opinion. Okay, I'm ripping through these now. Uh, YouTube charity stream. All the YouTube film audio cravers have to hold a boom pole above their head. Survivor stale. Winner gets kicked.
1: But that's not all. First of all, must use a Zoom H1 for 30 days. <laughs>
0: I'm not participating. Curtis holds booms over his head. Sound I speeds don't.
1: would totally. I would I
0: Well, no, that's because I'm... you're like 20 feet tall. <laughs> play to your strengths. Always play to your strengths. I, I have a feeling sound speeds would just. Kill us
1: all. He would.
0: Do, 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 right, big. Hey, I'm also at the end of the comments. Da, 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 da.
1: Wait, you it? skipped. You skipped Bandrew's question.
0: Where is he? How did I miss it?
1: Oh, In I'm a fight, lover, not a fighter. We wouldn't
0: fight. Who do you think would win, Curtis or you? It depends on your definition of winning. And fighting. Cur- and fighting. If Curtis said, <laughs> "We're now going to have a fight." I would say great, and if he was serious, it depends on winning. I would run the other way because <laughs> he he could he could just basically put his hand on top of my head and push me into the ground. Yeah, but yeah but I'm we the same way. I don't. We fight. don't. We don't. We're not fighters. Come on. Bandra. I don't do fighting. I don't. I, I hope Bandrew isn't fighting. No, he's not a fighter. I don't think so. He's hilarious, dude. Oh, sorry for missing this. Delete, 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 delete. Bander next week? Yep, I'm there. No question. I, uh, yeah, me too.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you are going to be there.
0: <laughs> I love your comparison between DSLR and video cameras. Would love to hear in 2021 what Curtis's view is on that. I made a video years ago that basically said this is not what it said, but I'll summarize what I was thinking. And this is before mirrorless. Like, can we just get off? All your friends are going to tell you to buy DSLRs, whatever. There are these things called camcorders. And they're really nice. And they have a lot of features now. They have 4K in there. They have great lenses. They have Zeiss. I used to mispronounce that on purpose. They, uh blah, 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 blah. Zeiss. Is that how I said it? Is that the correct one?
1: No, I don't
0: think so. is. I'm going with that. C's. Um And just check them out. I mean, if, if you're running gun and you're going off or something like that. When I was at NAB, I had a three or $4,000 camcorder that I was using with Dave to shoot. Oh, this beautiful lens and everything else. And this guy comes by with one of these. I think he had like a T3i or something. This kid comes walking by and he looks at me and he goes... Well, I can't believe you brought that here, man. I laughed my ass off. So in 2021, yes, camcorders are awesome depending on your budget. You could pick them up for $1,000, learn everything about them. You can move up into cameras. You can use mirrorless. Curtis, give this a whack because I'm going to go look at the
1: comments before we yeah, I mean, find out it, what it, we're missing totally depends on what you're you what you're shooting um i i typically for my work this is my work uh and how i operate i have a couple of panasonic gh5s i have um my canon c70 is what i'm using for the live stream here the canon cinema cameras are really useful for corporate work especially if you're going to start doing walk and talk type things or moving around and you the, the autofocus focus is really helpful but there are other cameras that can do that too i it just it's so personal it's so depends on what you're shooting it's it depends on so many things it's just not one answer about what the right camera is for everybody for sure so jim has a great question here about best bang for the buck if you're talking about audio gear yeah definitely the audio um, if you're talking like guitar store or guitar center, when you say music store, um, guitar center here in the United States, at least. Um, yeah, you're def- definitely gonna find better options, I think, for for audio gear. I don't know what Bandrew's talking about. He's eating a donut though. That's very good. The fight wouldn't be very entertaining. Favorite flavor of jell I um, I don't really like Jell-O. Me neither. Okay, next. Next. Bandrew, <laughs> I hope you'd be
0: there, Kevin. It's your show. <laughs> Me too. oh joe mustang look at you look at this
1: oh that's Ooh. sweet
0: that's sweet, great dudes.
1: you're awesome Ke- kevin you has for coffee for the next week or so Now that's awesome day. the next day <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: look at this boom in the sky great chat very Love kind curtis thank you so much captain jack awesome interview hope to see another interview oh heck yeah Ooh. thanks captain jack Super sticker. You know, I need to talk. Whoa. That's a lot. I think. But I'm sorry about the display over on the YouTube channel. He has a sticker. And there's this dancing dude, and StreamYard hasn't figured this out yet. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this off. I am going to Yes, the Canon HFG40. Cool. Any thoughts on Panasonic's new horses? GH5 Mark II GX. I know nothing about it. You want to take a crack before we end, dude?
1: Nice updates. We'll see cool. when they when they when they arrive.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, we're gonna end this because this went way too far, and I know Curtis has to go. Thank you so much for being here and going way too long thank you (laughs) it's always a pleasure i always have so much fun i really appreciate it dude and uh thank you all members of the university curtis courses all your other guys the viewers the subscribers on both channels thank you so much we could not do what we do without you guys you are important and we love you and
1: I love you, man.
0: <laughs> Curtis, thank you so much. We're thank out of you. here. Yep. Um, See you, And I'll Cav.
1: leave with... Okay, Curtis. Kuju. doesn't work. Kuju is my... Kuju. Kuju. Cool. Cool. I'm going with Kujo. Nope. Uh, nope. That's the wrong
0: one. Uh, <laughs> thank you all. Um, I'm going to rip out of here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the super chats. really helps everything. I really appreciate it. Thank you for all attending. And uh, Curtis and I will end this now and then probably talk about this after I end the live stream but here's this goofy thing that I do at the end and I added a little something to it you just have to wait for it people like it I think it's goofy we're out of here thank you all thank you Curtis we'll see see you next week